Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Can you freaking believe that the Gonzo Chronicles is on episode number 130 freaking six? I just thought I'd try this for a few months and see how it went. And here I am, November 12th, 2022. Ironically, in the background, cold November rains playing. And it's raining like a bitch outside. So, hey, and it is cold. But... Not all bad things last forever, even cold November rain, as Guns N' Roses so proudly taught us. <laughs> anyway, welcome to another episode of the Gonzo Freaking Chronicles. I appreciate everybody tuning in. So I kind of felt a rant coming on earlier, because this has been one hell of a week. We've had an election that we were told was going to go one way, and totally didn't. Once again... We have some incompetent states taking way too long to count votes, giving everyone the impression that our election system can't be trusted. Which tells me one thing. States, fix your freaking elections. We should be able to vote in one day and know who wins at the end of the night. Period. Anything else is rabid incompetence. Just terrible incompetence. But I'm very shocked about one particular election, and that was in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz running against John Fetterman, who had had a stroke. Guy can't string two sentences together. Um, says he's getting better, but obviously he's not. He got wiped up in the debate. Stayed in the basement like Joe Biden running for president. And seldom showed his face. And actually had a TV interview where the reporter that interviewed him afterwards said that was an absolute disgrace, that he was in no shape to hold office, and that the Democrat Party should be ashamed of themselves for running him. And they should. And all the jokes go on and on and on. Actually, I went to see if there was a website with running jokes about John Fetterman. Couldn't find one. What a missed opportunity, that is. Because, hey, listen, I feel bad for the guy. I hope he has a full recovery, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. That guy's just a bad man. He's like communist light at best. And keeps, you know, when he was on a parole board, kept letting hardened murderous criminals out on parole 100% of the time. He just doesn't like law-abiding citizens, so let's let all the criminals out. This whole defund the police and cashless bail thing makes no sense. And it baffles me why in states like New York and California, 
that the citizens vote against their own self-interest? It just boggles my mind. Like, yeah, we would like more crime and more taxes, but we're going to continue to bitch about it and show it on mainstream media every night. But we'd like more of it, please. We're going to keep voting the same way. I guess sometimes you just can't fix stupid. I don't know what to tell you, folks. I was very, very disappointed in the election. Not because I live in any of those particular states, and they can make up their own minds. They're free to do so. But some of these people in these states, when they vote a certain way, they set a direction for the country that can be very dangerous. And John Fetterman, you know, <laughs> hey, did he have a stroke or was he abducted by aliens? Because I think this guy's on some alien acid for real. Because, uh, holy shit, who would have policies like that? How do you explain the communism other than alien acid? Where he got abducted and got taken up and uh, took the probe. Huh, who knows, man? And, and probably liked it. This is it's just nuts. Anyway, hey, I can't figure it out, folks. But here we are in November, and we actually had a pretty decent year, I guess. All things considered, you know, like we kick out the you know terrible inflation and the invasion at the border, and uh, you know, rents going up, and the fact that we can't fill our tanks up as much as we used to, um, and all these things are fixable. We just didn't vote for the fix this time. Not that the Republicans are that great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. I got beefs. I've got a beef with them. Quite a few of them. But I'll leave that for another day. You've heard me bitch about this before. So I'm, I'll just kind of, I'll just move along. Nothing to see here. Move along. But anyway, I was looking up some weird stuff this week. Uh, oh, back to the fact that we had a pretty good year here in the show on the Gonzo Chronicles. We had a lot of really good guests. Uh, actually, my last guest was best-selling author Stephen James. And uh, so sometimes, like I, you know, you know, I have guests on here from time to time. Uh, that was a really fun discussion to have with him because he's such a really good guy. And I hope some of you took the time to go out and maybe check out one of his books because uh, I've, uh, I've got a couple under my belt and really enjoyed them. And uh, he's a you know good guy. So yeah, that guy deserves a lot of success. He he works hard and um, and uh, really does a great job and tries to perfect the craft as best he can. So, yeah, good good for Stephen James, and I hope he, hope he continues to do great and do well. I'll see him again probably in the spring at another uh, writer's retreat function uh, on a Saturday. Uh, he'll probably be presenting there, so I will uh, make sure I'm there with a notepad to take handy-dandy notes and try to perfect my craft with the garbage that I write. <laughs> Speaking of which, the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm going to pull up Amazon real quick. It's been a while since I, I, you know, I try to plug these once in a while here. I haven't sold a book online in like over a month, folks. That's embarrassing. Maybe even two months. But I had a couple of, uh, these are just old reviews on Amazon. One by Brian Cox. The only thing missing is a sword fighting. Another great book by Cyrus. Entertaining, humorous, and a little quirky. Keeps your attention and provides a good read and a break from the reality of the world around us. Here's another one from uh, Aliens and Beyond. Great show. If you haven't seen that on uh, YouTube, hopefully they'll kick that thing back up. Heidi has been teasing this for quite a while. Uh, and Heidi Gad's been on our show a few times. Go back and listen to those. Just, just go online, search them, look look for podcasts. She's on here. Uh, she's a hoot, man, so she, she's awesome. Um, it says here, finally, 
I found a book worth reading. Cyrus Alderwood's writing reminds me of a mix between Hunter Thompson and Dean Koontz mixed with some X-Files. Hilarious and serious with the perfect amount of conspiracy. I laughed out loud. Seriously. I know if I laugh out loud while reading a book that I found a great book. Can't wait for the next installment. So that was uh, a couple of uh, comments on the Gonzo Chronicles of Barry Dick. Episode book one, actually. So I'm going to go check out. I had a couple others. Yeah, here we go. Hold on. Takes me a minute to scroll down here. For those of you who haven't read this, I'm going to read the uh, the byline here on on Amazon. When the going gets weird, the dick gets going. Barry Dick, that is. Private investigator of the bizarre, sleuth of the supernatural, and dick of the unknown. Even though he was suffering from an encounter with a poisonous spider and unemployed, Barry was still chill because he was in sunny California with enough Jack Daniels to self-medicate when the call came. Your brother is missing. Listen, sweet cheeks, why don't you... Alien abduction? How badly do you want to find him? Soon Barry Dick is up to his knees in conspiracy theories, little gray men and anal probes. Joined by the hot sister and the brother's even hotter stripper ex-wife, they take off on a coast-to-coast run after an extraterrestrial vlogger who claimed to party with the Martians on the Outer Rim. Add in pervy lizard men, crazed redneck moonshiners, and a visit to Alien Con, and this case gets twisted, even by the dick standards. So that's the uh, description of the book. Uh, and this is from uh, Matt Adder who's also an amazing writer that uh, if he hasn't gotten a book deal somewhere, this son of a bitch needs to publish soon, even if it's self-publishing. And uh, five stars, there's some gonzo left. Somewhere in that weirdo zone between Lebowski and the X-Files inhibits the warped world of Barry Dick, a P.I. who searched for an ointment to salve a swollen spider bite. Sweet Jesus, I won't tell you where leads to a road trip to the bizarre heartland found only in America. In no time, he's on the case of a missing man, who may or may not have been abducted by aliens. Through an even odder series of events involving lizard men, Bigfoot and the horny weirdos who have turned Comic-Cons into some type of hedonism, Barry's on the road with a stripper, a bimbo, and clues you'd have to be high or crazy to try to understand. Fortunately, we've got Barry Dick. And Barry's got moonshine. It's better you read now than I go on any further to tell you more. Read it, buy it, and tell everyone you know. There's still pockets of lunacy to be found, and given this weirdo time and era we live in, Barry Dick is our guiding light. He's just the man we need to take the anal probe so the rest of us don't have to. (laughs) Anyway, that was my favorite review of this book. Uh, Matt Adder, thanks for that damn review. That That was really awesome. And a big shout-out to Gary Quapis, who did the book covers on books one and two, and he did the book cover for uh, Revelation Calling and uh, the uh, rewrite of Pot of Gold. My man, awesome book covers. Uh, For those who don't know Gary Quapis, we did an interview last year, I think, uh, here on the podcast, on the Gonzo Chronicles, and 
Gary holds no punches back when it comes to the corporate or the corporate, the culture wars. Uh, Gary was a uh, amazing, amazing uh, artist whose work is well known across, well everywhere. Uh, Gary was uh, he was a guy who did the Savage Sword of Conan. So uh, through Marvel Comics, was uh, worked with them for many many years. I uh, was able to do the promo stuff on uh, Jurassic Park, the original. Uh, all the stuff that, uh, I guess, it went through McDonald's. And uh, all the artwork on all the cups and all that stuff. Uh, he did those as well. Uh, so I have been fortunate, fortunate to know some people who have helped me with the books. With uh, you know putting the face of these things out there. So, again, Gary, thanks for that cover. Um, and as you know, while I'm out there, let me toss a little thank you out to Emily, uh, from, I have you covered or yeah, have you covered who did the, uh, logo here for the Gonzo Chronicles. Uh, so awesome, Emily. Thanks again. I had the shittiest logo of all time before, as well as I had lousy book covers. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Uh, I certainly appreciate that. Hey, let's get into a couple of weird things here before I get back on John Fetterman. Oh, by the way, uh, I, I did leave a comment up on Facebook a little bit uh, a little while ago, uh, if anybody cares. Um, I did say that uh, Fetterman could have counted the votes in Arizona by now. <laughs> Even that guy could have gotten that done by now. Hey, and one other thing while I was thinking about it, with all the money that came flooding into these campaigns, uh, just a reminder. Um this is something that's just, just think about it. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. But when Congress approves money to go to a foreign government, and that government then invests that money into a certain corporation, say Corporation X, and then that corporation makes a donation to a nonprofit here in America, and then that nonprofit puts that money into political campaigns. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how money laundering works. Keep that in mind. If the media actually ever did any real investigation, I suspect, not that I'm sure, not that I know, what do I know? I suspect that might be something that uh, anybody interested in truth and reality around our elections might want to look into military intelligence. <clears throat> anyway, let me just toss that out there. That's 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 how money laundering works. Hey, but let's talk about some weird shit while we're here. So I started looking on Reddit uh, about alien abduction stories to see if anybody had anything new and interesting out there. So I just stumbled across this one. It says, what are your, you know, what are your favorite UFO uh, abduction stories? Somebody wrote in here, my own. So, of course, I had to read this, right? Uh, I'll try to filter out the F-bombs. I lived five miles from uh, by military base in a suburb environment. Saw, saw a spinning thing near the moon and a weird light shine below it with a second spinning thing below it. The military base usually has jets flying. Right now, a couple of jets went near the spinning things, coming in uh, one way and then disappearing and reappearing. However, when the jets were reappearing... It came out and going the opposite direction from where it entered. 
said that went on for about 30 minutes with multiple planes, uh, and that every kid in the neighborhood saw this. Uh, and I was looking to see where this was from, and it didn't didn't give a, a location. Uh, and then here's somebody said, Grandma said in the 1960s or 70s, my grandma lived in the farm desert place with an open rooftop. Uh, let's see. Actually, that's just BS. But it said it looked like something like a box refrigerator-like thing floating from the ground, uh, floating past the rooftop and straight into the sky. So what the hell was that? Was that like the uh, Doctor Who <laughs> coming down? I, I don't know. Um, anyway, but what were some of the more credible things here recent? Uh, so actually, the History Channel weighed in on this because of that whole tic tac tic tac shaped aircraft that happened off the coast of uh, of uh, California, right in San Diego. So. Um, Back in 2017, a lot of, well, just to throw this out there, a lot of news organizations started talking about this, this program that came about. Then you started hearing about it on these documentary programs that deal with paranormal and unexplained phenomenon, things like that. A program they call ATIP. Now, what that stands for is Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. And that was a government-funded program that basically investigated UFOs. Uh, for, I think, a period of time between like 2007 and 2012 or 2013. Anyway, th there was like $22 million that were tossed into this this program. Um, and uh, I think one of the people behind this was a former um, uh, Senate uh, leader. I'm trying to think the guy who was a Democrat, though, was out in Nevada. Uh, I forget his name. Anyway. Real, real like effeminate sounding guy, real like soft spoken, but probably meaner dog shit in reality. Um, so anyway, it says here uh, that the official government UFO studies began in the late forties with a with a project called Project Sign. I know not much about that, but I'm eventually I'm going to go look into that a little bit because that's the program that eventually evolved into Pro uh, Project Blue Book that a lot of people who follow ufology know about. And that actually followed a lot of these sightings throughout the Cold War because we were worried if the Russians were indeed invading our airspace with things that you know that didn't look human or didn't look like human capability yet. So um, since then, there have been like a handful of cases that were the most believable sightings, but who knows what they were. Uh, one of them here was this thing that happened in 2001 above the New Jersey Turnpike. These strange lights started appearing. And, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but it takes a lot to get me to, like, pull off the side of the road and look at something that looks weird. Like, you know, so, um, anyway, back in, this was July of 2001, a bunch of these drivers on the New Jersey Turnpike, like, pulled off the side of the road because of what they saw in the sky. Now, that's probably not the place you'd normally pull off the side of the road is the New Jersey Turnpike. But for about 15 minutes, just after midnight, this strange orange and yellow light in a V formation over the Arthur Kill Waterway between Staten Island and New York and Carteret, New Jersey, uh, was seen in the sky. Now, the police department on the New Jersey side, um, uh, one of the Lieutenant uh, Daniel Tarrant was one of the witnesses 
as well as a bunch of other you know, residents of, of uh, the area there from uh, a place called Throgs Neck Bridge on Long Island, Fort Lee, uh, New Jersey. So anyway, that was near the George Washington Bridge. Air traffic controllers deny that they had any planes up there. Um, military jets or space flights could have caused the lights, but a group uh, that went by the name of New York Strange Phenomenon Investigators uh, claimed to receive uh, FAA radar data that corroborated the UFO sightings of that night. That's interesting. So no one's ever figured that out. The USS Nimitz encounter from 2004 was another major uh, um, unexplained event. Uh, this was the uh, this was from November of 2004. The USS Princeton, part of the uh, Nimitz carrier strike group, uh, they noted this uh, an unknown craft about 100 miles off the coast of San Diego. Now this is the infamous Tic Tac video that a lot of people have seen on TV. Um, go look that up. That was really interesting. Um, so that's probably the most well-known one. Uh, the O'Hare International Airport Saucer of 2006. I didn't know about this one. But Flight 446 was getting ready to fly from North Carolina, or fly to North Carolina out of Chicago. Uh, when a, a United Airlines employee on the tarmac said they saw this gray metallic craft of some sort hovering over uh, Gate C-17 wherever the hell that's at. Uh, that day, um, again, this is, I think, November 7th of 2006, uh, as many as 12 United employees and a few witnesses outside the airport spotted the saucer. And it was around 4.15 p.m. They say it hovered for, you know, four or five minutes before it just shot straight up. Uh, it broke a hole in the clouds, is how some people described it, enough that... Uh, Pilots and mechanics said they could see the blue sky above the clouds in the hole through the hole. Um, so anyway, that uh, showed up on the Chicago Tribune's website. It made big news apparently at the time, uh, but because the UFO was not seen on radar, they called it a weather phenomenon. They declined to investigate. How about that? That's uh, that's certainly interesting. Um, so anyway, there's quite a few uh, recent videos and. Uh, Instances where people just could not make any explanation of things. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? This, is this stuff is this stuff real? Um, next year, going into 2023, I really hope that I can have uh, a few more people from UFO Congress on. Because I would love to, to pick their brain, especially some of the people who are they call the experiencers. Uh, last year, not this year, but last year I was... A guest at UFO Congress because it was virtual and I was I was uh, granted a pass to go in, um, and I wrote a review of it, and I thought it was really really fascinating, uh, just chock full of information and things stories I've never heard before, and uh, I mean, you talk about some really sincere people with their stories. Um, anyway, if you've never been to a UFO Congress, it's worth it just to go in for a couple of days just listen to people. If you, if you take an interest in the topic. Now, this happens out in Phoenix, Arizona. So if you're in that area during Congress, which is uh, usually October, um, make it a point to swing by there. Uh, you can actually book a room, and they have it in a hotel right there. So, um, yeah, fun stuff. I'll see if I what I can do to get a few people on. 
Uh, I'll bug Heidi Gad to make the connections. And if she don't, we'll put a curse on her. How about that? So anyway, it's uh, it's Saturday night. Saturday night's all right for fighting. I'm actually going to tune out here. I'm going to go listen to some hair metal because it's that kind of night. Um, do you ever notice when you ask A-L-E-X-A to play hair metal, the first song is always a Guns N' Roses song? And within the first three or four songs, they always have to throw some Bon Jovi in there. I don't know why. That's like when you ask for classic country. You get Johnny Cash immediately. Usually Ring of Fire. Who knew? <clears throat> anyway, everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode. Cheers. I'll be back soon. We'll talk soon. I'll see you down the road.